0: Coming up on Studios America, Donald Trump has taken his expert's advice and extended the nationwide quarantine through April 30th. But let me guess, Democrats still aren't happy, am I close? Rachel Maddow made a bold prediction last week, we shove it back in her face today. <laughs> it's so satisfying. And if you thought Jeffy's life was strange when interacting with society in general, imagine how weird it gets in quarantine. If you're watching and listening to us for free on YouTube, Facebook, and podcast, thank you for doing that and investing your time. Please take a moment to subscribe to us there and rate and review how we're doing, especially if it's great or whatever. So if you are one of the people on Blaze TV already, uh, we love you, thank you so much. We'll see you this weekend at the yacht party. Responsibly distance, of course. If you'd like to also party with us on, on Glenbeck's Beck's yacht, uh, consider subscribing to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew. If you use the promo code stew today, you'll get our special quarantine discount. 30 bucks knocked off the price. Can't beat that. You thought we were going to be free by Easter, but alas, keep loading those Netflix queues people because we're going to be living indoors for a long, long time, to which I say, hell yes.
1: Stu does America.
0: (sighs) Welcome to the crappiest soap opera imaginable. Tons of drama, life and death situations, and absolutely terrible acting. First, let's get you caught up. Yesterday, Donald Trump extended his guidelines for social distancing for another month. Watch. The better you do, the faster this whole nightmare will end.
1: Therefore, we will be extending our guidelines
0: to April 30th to slow the spread. Yes, life sucks right now, but at least it's still life. And one good thing, at least you're not uh, thinking out about the next election because, uh, I mean, at least we have that going for us. Unfortunately, you are not the same as your average media member or Democrat. Regarding a New York Times story titled, U.S. now has more known cases than any other country, GQ magazine correspondent Julia Ioff tweeted, Who's the asshole country now? (laughs) Oh, It's a great tweet. Julia, hope you're proud of yourself. Speaking of terrible soap opera level acting, here is the princess of Botox herself. As the president fiddles, people are dying, and we have to—we just have to take every precaution. Mm. Speaker Pelosi, when you say that the president's denial was deadly, um, he obviously downplayed the risks of coronavirus for several weeks, uh, and it wasn't until I, I think about two weeks ago that he started acknowledging the gravity. Uh, of of the crisis. But are you saying that that his downplaying ultimately cost American lives? Yes, I am. Mm, yes, I am. After sharing a New York Times article uh, titled The U.S. Now Leads the World in Coronavirus uh, Cases, Clinton, Hillary, yes, her, offered up this little bit of comedy gold. He did promise America first. <laughs> See, that's because uh, uh, first place in, in deaths. Think about this for a second. We're talking about a national tragedy, and she's making wise ass comments about how many people are dying. This woman was almost president. Hillary wasn't done, she also tweeted, a month ago, Trump said it's going to disappear one day. It's like a miracle, it will disappear. Yesterday, he said, I don't believe you need 30, 40 or 30,000 ventilators. What will it take to make real Donald Trump listen to experts instead of his own hunches? Yeah, what will it take? This is the typical criticism of Trump from the left. He's either so egotistic or stupid or reckless that you will ignore the experts and just go with his gut. And sure, you can go back to February and find some flippant words from the president, along with every other politician on Earth. For example, Nancy Pelosi herself.
1: It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, uh, to be able to be unified with our community. Uh, we want to be vigilant about what it might be on the uh, of what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it, but we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're again, careful, safe, and
0: come join us. Come join us in Chinatown. I'm Nancy Pelosi. Or how about our good old friend, Bill de Blasio? It's important, just go about your lives, uh, continue living as you have.
1: New Yorkers should go about Our lives continue doing what we do. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. We want people still to go on about their lives. We want people uh,
0: to rest assured that a lot is being done to protect them. Yeah, you should be fine. Don't worry about it. And might I remind you of the words of the new Democratic golden child, Andrew Cuomo, not from February, but from mid-March What is the bottom line? What does this mean? People are reacting like this is the Ebola virus. This is not the Ebola virus. This hysteria that you see, this fear that you see, the panic that you see is unwarranted. Unwarranted panic. That's the story of coronavirus in New York City. And if you want to go back to January, you get uh, Trump banning most flights from China and instituting the first national quarantine through the CDC in 50 years. This highlights the split between the media thesis on Trump and reality. It's like we're all watching the news and they're trying to convert it into some late season soap opera with all the associated drama. We have people dying in real life here. And perhaps now isn't the time for your fan fiction version of General Hospital. I get that you don't like what he's saying. But what is he doing? He took the recommendations of the experts and made draconian recommendations allowing you to power through the entire run of Tiger King. And when that 15 days was coming to a close, he now added another month. Is Trump taking this seriously? Do you think he wanted to shut the economy down for six weeks in the middle of an election year? He did it because he believes it would be the right thing for the country. Dr. Fauci and others have repeatedly backed up these decisions as prudent. Yet the media continually is vilifying him anyway, constantly trying to increase the drama Maybe, maybe Dr. Fauci is actually Dr. Fauci's evil twin, like in every soap opera who has his medical expert doctor locked away underneath the White House. At least that would be entertaining. This is just boring, honestly. The left and media have built this image of Trump being a virus denialist so much that when he takes massive steps never before seen in modern history to stop the spread, he's still not doing enough. They just can't give him credit. In fact, when Trump mentioned a quarantine of New York, it was Andrew Cuomo, Democratic golden boy, who was complaining because it was too restrictive. He used the high and highly, and I think this is something that maybe came from a medical textbook, the highly scientific grounds that it wasn't very neighborly. I've spoken to the governor of Rhode Island, and if so, how did you convince her to take back the sort of travel issue?
1: I spoke to the governor of Rhode Island yesterday and uh we had a conversation i don't think the order was uh called for i don't believe it was legal i don't believe it was neighborly Mm. Uh, i understood the point but i thought there were different ways to do it and the governor of rhode island was uh, very receptive and i thank her very much for reconsidering her position
0: wasn't neighborly You can't come in within six feet of anyone else. It's called social distancing. It's the exact opposite of neighborly, though, to be fair, since this thing started, I have talked to my neighbors exactly as often as I did before. Also, we can take a quick minute to realize that Joe Biden, think about this, is so bad. They want to replace him with that guy. Absolutely incredible. Now, of course, there is a mirror image of this as well. There are plenty on the right who have been among the most skeptical of the virus and are lighting up the government for the economic shutdown, but rarely seem to take shots at the guy making all the announcements at the podium. And sure, there are a lot of people on the right who seem very skeptical of scary health projections, but are super willing to accept the most catastrophic horror movie economic projections without really any question. But let me posit a nearly unthinkable thesis for so many that are so certain of everything here. Maybe, just maybe, Trump is actually doing a good job. I I know this is crazy and it's a crazy thought, but maybe he's striking a pretty good balance with this thing so far. Maybe he's showing a little skepticism to both sides and maybe that's the correct approach. To please the left, you'd have to shut the economy down until like, let's say, nine seconds after the polls close on Election Day to pick a completely random date and time. And to please some on the right, Trump would need to personally be setting up Kanye West concerts where you can only gain entry by sneezing on others. But instead, Trump presented a two week window with a promise to look at the results. The two weeks ended. He looked at the information with an eye toward the projected peak of deaths in two weeks and expanded the guidelines for another 30 days. Importantly, these have all been recommendations preserving what little shred of a constitution we seem to have during this crisis. Would you rather have governor, baby killer and blackface because he's now requiring everyone in Virginia to basically stay inside until June 10th? Is Trump's approach the right approach? Look, I don't want anyone to have to kind of reevaluate their their priors here. I know that can be scary. So if you're on one side, you can convince yourself that Trump isn't engaged and that Fauci is making all the decisions. And if you're on the other side, Trump is just being manipulated by Fauci or whatever. Either way, we know if we only did exactly what you recommended, everything would have been perfect. Congrats and hold on tightly to that. But entering into a situation where the negative effects on both sides are devastating, it's probably best to take the information as it becomes available and act based on that information. This is a pretty unique situation. The negatives are huge and immediate, and we don't have reliable information. It's the sort of thing that makes you wonder why you wanted this job in the first place. No matter what Trump does, everyone is going to say he blew it and cite the one eventual study that backs up their position most enthusiastically. And believe me, you will get both sides of that in peer-reviewed literature for every blue mark, you know, on Twitter to screenshot. That's the way this works. There's a version of Trump that we were told of that exists in a lot of people's minds that would have had him, you know, blowing off human lives for him to win an election or line his pockets. Well, that version of Trump keeps forgetting to show up to work. It doesn't make for a great soap opera, but it might just make for the best move in a truly horrible situation. Who does America You know, you're probably bored at home a little bit, dealing with the whole coronavirus quarantine situation, gone through all the Netflix shows you can possibly muster. Well, you're not the only person who's bored at home right now. You know who else is bored looking for things to do? Hackers, people who are looking to steal your information, people who might try to steal your home and its equity. It's called home title fraud, and it's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Uh, If you are in this boat, uh, you're, uh, you're a homeowner, you got some equity built up, you're the target. You know who gets targeted most with this? is the, are the people who've done it right their whole lives. People who have made every mortgage payment, have good credit, have built up a bunch of equity, have had their home go up in value. And then they are the targets of home title fraud. It's a terrible situation. If it happens to you, it's a complete nightmare. You don't want to have to try to unwind this. People are bored. Hackers have extra time on their hands. Protect your home with Home Title Lock. Uh, go to uh, HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, it's pennies a day, and you can get one month of free protection if you use the offer code Stu. Uh, one month of free protection at HomeTitleLock.com. I've been, I've had a Home Title Lock now for years and years. I know my home title is protected. Yours should be too. Join the club. HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. The promo code is Stu. <sighs> CNN still on the air during the uh, crisis, thankfully. And was able to give us a little bit of a lesson, and so we can understand the news. A little bit better. Uh, This tweet uh, showing a scene from CNN was incredibly helpful, says Trump incorrectly states the U.S. has tested more than anyone per capita. South Korea has done five times more. Italy, four times more. Um, Well, uh, there's so many issues with this and I'm going to I'm going to try to narrow it down because we don't have enough time in the show to go through all of them. But here's the thing. That what their observation is, is actually true. The the per capita number has not been as high in the United States as has been in those countries. Um, Is that important? I don't know. I mean, they're saying basically it's a lie. Trump says, hey, we've done the most testing. They say, no, you haven't. Um, Per capita is this. Well, he didn't say per capita. You know, so you could give him the benefit of the doubt and say, well, hey, he's right overall. But we should note per capita is a little bit different. That's one part of it here. The other part that's uh, that I kind of take issue with is they were um, making a big deal out of per capita. But when it comes to the bad things about covid-19, they never mentioned per capita. For example, how many deaths have happened? Well, the U.S. leads the world in cases now is, is actually it's not death, but it's cases we uh, lead the world. Well, that's true. Um, do we lead the world per capita? No, not even close. We don't even come close to leading the world per capita. But see, that would be good for the administration, for the country. So CNN won't bring that up. They'll judge that one on total number and they'll judge this one on per capita. It's really annoying. And it's a typical media trick that they do all the time. Let me give you a couple things that I think are important. Uh, number one, per, the per capita measure is it's sort of not really it doesn't make it all that much sense to use it. I don't think anywhere um, they, they use it because it hurts the president in this one particular case. But the United States is really it's not like these other countries. It's very spread out. There's a lot of different areas. I think the best thing you can do, and uh, the New York Times Upshot, uh, their their section of the website, is doing a good job trying to break this down, I think. They probably are doing the best job out of anybody right now um, with this, trying to break this down into specific regions and specific outbreaks. So you look at New York uh, as opposed to um, the United States, where New York is half of all the cases in the United States. It's just there's not that much value to it. You have to know where where an outbreak is, how much it's spreading and look at that outbreak sort of together. So you might look maybe not even all of Italy, just the northern part of Italy. Uh, You wouldn't look at all of China. You'd look at just Wuhan. I mean, China's per capita rate is almost like it didn't even exist uh, in China. Um, And we have no idea what their actual numbers are. Maybe we'll go through some of that stuff tomorrow because that's fascinating as well. Uh, But what he said about the testing is true. And it's, it's important to understand this. When this whole situation started... The U.S. was a little slow getting into uh, real heavy testing. We've been over the, the causes of that. Largely, it was bureaucracy in the United States with the CDC. There were some other factors at play as well. You, they want to kind of throw this on Donald Trump. It's not really fair or accurate to do so. Um, but it was a, there was a slow start here in the United States when they made when we made this uh, a priority and the government made this a priority. Hey, we got to start testing. Let's unleash the private sector on this. Let's ramp this up. Let's test as many people as we can. You know, people were hammering them at the beginning of that because it was just slowly increasing. Well, that's totally changed. And the narrative has totally disappeared. We have the death of a narrative. One of the unforeseen COVID-19 deaths is the death of the media narrative that we're not testing enough. Here is uh, the chart. I think we're doing per day first. Yeah, here we go. How many charts per day or how many tests, excuse me, per day you see? Um, And if you're listening on radio, I'll describe really from the beginning of March all the way up to mid-March, you had almost no tests. I mean, that was when they were really starting to get them all ready. They started ramping them up about mid-March and slowly went up. Um, They hit what South Korea was doing, who was used as the gold standard, uh, right about the 16th of March. Have increased that every day um, from 15,000, which was about South Korea was doing, up to 30,000 about the 19th or so. Up to uh, 60,000 per day uh, about the 24th of March and has been up around 100,000 per day for the past few days. Um, that's a, a remarkable improvement um, in a very short period of time where the U.S. decided to unleash itself, unleash its private sector and get us tests. That is, of course, also why we lead the nation and excuse me, we lead the world in positive COVID-19 tests because we lead the world in tests. We're testing a lot of people. We're getting uh, we don't know how many people uh, China has tested because they will not release that information. Another odd thing to do um, in this sort of crisis, especially when it starts in your country, you don't even release the information so other scientists can look at. it. That's a little weird, strange behavior uh, there. But we've ramped this up very quickly. Here's the total amount chart uh, chart. This goes up to yesterday. And uh, we are going to pass a million people tested in this country as of today. We're about 900,000 as of yesterday. So we'll probably be either at or slightly above uh, one million total tests. That's a really we've come a long way in a short period of time. And that is something that we should uh, be happy about. We're also um, we should also understand that it makes no difference what the total case amount is. We've been preaching this for how many weeks now? Uh, don't look at the total uh, de- uh, total uh, cases chart. It's only a matter of it's only a function of how many people are getting tested in a particular country. We know we have millions and millions and millions of active covid-19 t- cases now. We know we probably have millions and millions and millions of cases that have come and gone with very little or no symptoms. That is not an important number right now. That's something that scientists can look back after and try to get a real mortality rate. This is what they do. Case fatality ratio afterwards. They'll try to get that done. But right now, it really doesn't make any difference. The media is trying to pump these numbers up because they look bad. And what did we say? We said this on this stupid show. If you listen to this uh, or watch the show every night, you know this. We entered a period between two to four weeks where our testing numbers are going to go through the roof. So our case numbers are going to go through the roof and we're going to be sacrificing a hell of a lot. That's where we are right now. And it's going to feel like it's not working. And much of the media is going to tell you it's not working because of the fact that we're, our case numbers are going up and our deaths are going up. There's a two week lag about We've seen in other countries where if you can keep these tight restrictions on and people actually follow them, which is a question, then your uh, re- your case rates will go down. That's what we can hope for. It's the only thing we can hope for right now. Um, We're in the middle of this anyway. We've got a month uh, more of this to go. So let's hope for the uh, best results, whether you agree with the policy or not. At this point, we just hope it freaking works so we can get back to normal life. Um, I want to um, I want to give you this um, this this amazing thing from Rachel Maddow, because as usual, when Donald Trump says he wants to do something, it's MSNBC's job to come in and say, uh, actually what he's doing is terrible and it's not going to work. Now, look, I think if you come to the show, you have at least some idea that you want somebody who's going to be at least attempting to call balls and strikes on this stuff. You know, I, because I don't, I don't come into this as a Trump cheerleader. If you've watched me or you've been here for a long time, like I think Donald Trump's some, done some really good things, he's done some things I don't like too. And I don't mind telling you. And if you don't want to watch the show, well, you know, I mean, I, I can't, there's not much I can do for you. Same thing goes from the MSNBC side. If Trump does something good, don't you can't come to me and, 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 and expect I'm gonna tell you it's it's bad. I would rather have someone who's at least trying from their own perspective to tell me whether they think this is good or not. There's too many people who are doing the one sided thing where they just say anything Trump does is good. Anything Trump does is bad. And that is the sort of metric they they gauge themselves on. That you know, turned into one of these people for sure. She was talking about the efforts by the president to bring in um, a military ship to house um, uh, a bunch of people who would be in the hospital otherwise to New York, and how long that would take. This is what she said. In terms of uh, the happy talk we've had on this front from the federal government, there is no sign that the Navy hospital ships that the president made such a big deal of, the comfort and the mercy, uh, there's no sign that they'll be anywhere on site helping out anywhere in the country for weeks yet. The president said when he announced that those ships would be put into action against the COVID-19 epidemic, he said one of those ships would be operational in New York Harbor by next week. That's nonsense. It will not be there next week. Hmm. Here's a picture of New York Harbor today, which would also be the next week from her terms. And there it is, the comfort pulling into the harbor. Uh, exactly what they said. And again, you can, you can, this is the problem when you're MSNBC. You know, you can doubt you can doubt any politician. You can doubt Donald Trump if you want. Don't doubt the military. Don't do that. That's not a good idea because they pull stuff off all the time. You do not want to doubt them. Uh, so the comfort is there and ready to go. It is a big deal. And thankfully, thank God. Um, in fact, it was a big historic moment uh, as you uh, have this ship pulling into the harbor like this is. Imagine being in New York City right now. You'd probably be very curious to go out and, and see it. Of course, you wouldn't be an idiot because the whole point is you're not supposed to go out and be really close to people. Luckily, New Yorkers forgot about that little lesson and really wanted to take in the history of the moment. So here they are all out there looking at uh, the ship as it comes in, all like four feet away from each other or closer. As they watch the the ship that will be there for extra hospital beds in the middle of a pandemic. They're all crowded tightly. Taken in the sights, the brilliance of uh, of too many people in New York, though, I will say, um, as a New Yorker myself, I was born in New York, used to work there as well. Um, I'm allowed to make fun of New Yorkers. Uh, You're not. For you, it's racist. But for me, it's okay to say it. Just so you know, uh, there's a lot of stupid people everywhere. But that is I mean, especially when it's a ship that's being brought into the harbor because you don't have enough hospital beds because of the current pandemic going on. Probably not the best sightseeing uh, event for all of you guys to crowd around and watch. It's just a suggestion. Take it uh, for what it's worth. But in the future, maybe, maybe watch it from your, your, uh, your apartment window next time. Back in a second. We know there is a truism here that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is always the victim of something. It's always somebody trying to put her down. And today, um, it's going to be someone on her own side of the aisle. The Justice Democrats are very upset. They're the people who basically recruited her and gave her the kind of the audition to try out to be a congressperson. Who wants to be a congressperson? How about you? Uh, yeah, she just served a wonderful Miller Lite at the bar. Now she's ready. Well, she's in Congress already, and the Justice Democrats are expecting her to do her thing because obviously she ran against a well-financed uh, incumbent, uh, uh, you a know, person who had been in the Democratic Party for decades, and was able to pull this off. So now they've got her in there. She's the most famous Democrat in the world, and she gets to come out and support left-wing justice democrats candidates um only problem is now she's been in congress and she's got the power and uh, gosh i just can't make like those endorsements aren't in as easy anymore so so sorry about that i'll talk to you next time yes she's actually not (laughs) endorsing the candidates they want her to endorse anymore um, because now she's buddies with all these incumbents right she has to work with them every day if she supports one of their opponents bad things can happen to her and of course that's never the right thing. So people uh, like uh, the t- Young Turks, who were one of the people who, Jank st- uh, or whatever his name is, who just started uh, the Justice Democrats, is all pissy about this and is yelling about it on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has only really one thing to consider in her life, which is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC cares about AOC. That's it. Not more to the story than that. It's just that she cares about herself. So when she makes decisions, those decisions are uh, what will help her the most. It's kind of what she, she does. She's And that's that's why she always sees herself as the victim in every one of these stories. That's why we can continue to do this stupid song that runs through your head every single time we run it. We can do it over and over and over again because every situation is the same. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the victim and she'll always find a way to get herself there because she sees every story through a victim-oppressor sort of relationship, and she sees every story in relation to herself versus everyone else. So she's always able to kind of nestle in there as the victim to any storyline. Today, uh, the victim of her own side, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yes, she's always the victim, and that's how she's a victim today. Hey, hey, what do you say? How is Alexandria a victim today? She always is, isn't she? Uh, the Kennedy Center uh, got a bunch of money in the stimulus package, which you may have heard about. They were supposed to be $35 million at first, and then they lowered it to only $25 million. Now, one of the things you want to do in a pandemic is, of course, direct as much money as you can to uh, a venue that would keep a lot of people seated closely together, uh, watching something uh, in front of them so they can all be kind of nestled in there and pass the coronavirus back and forth to each other. Great idea right from the start. Uh, they got $25 million, and right after they got it, they immediately um, decided to stop paying their musicians. Which is, I, if it's not, if, if there's anything that could be more predictable than this. I think Harvard had the same situation where they had like a $40 billion uh, endowment. And they're like, yeah, you know those people who work at the food halls? We don't need to pay them anymore. See you later. See you later, suckers. Get out. This is the way of the world. You have to understand. And it kind of gives you this mindset of like, when you get to a certain level of privilege, when you get to a certain level of power, you don't really care about uh, these little side things, you know, people's lives, their well-being, and their livelihood. Get away, okay? Scoot, skedaddle. That's kind of the way it works. Um, And it's interesting to see this because you kind of always have this um, this idea that if you can get sort of to those elite circles. You get elite-level benefits. It's like if you're getting the platinum uh, uh, level at at American Airlines. You get kind of the cool—you get to go into the special room. You get the special seats. You get the little compartments. uh, You get a little more leg room. uh, Maybe get some free drinks. And then at the end of the day, you also get to do whatever you want with whoever's life that you want. It's kind of a nice benefit, I'll be honest with you. Um, We're seeing this in Hungary now. This is— this is happening. This was something that was kind of predicted by a lot of people. Seemed like Hungary was going the way of authoritarianism, potentially. And one of the things and this is another thing we should get into this week is there is always um, when you have a situation like this, there's a lot of people who want to take advantage of that. They want to grab power and they want to hold on to the power after the pandemic is gone. And it looks like that's what we're seeing in Hungary right now. The, uh, the parliament just voted. Uh, to give the prime minister power. And just it's just this power. It's no big deal. State of emergency without time limit. Rule by decree. Kind of do whatever he wants. Parliament suspended. Who needs them? Go home. Have a break. No elections. Well, that just seems just, I mean, too much work anyway. I mean, think of how much work it is. You go down there, you got to press the little lever. It's a real pain. So no more elections. Uh, if you spread what they call fake news and rumors, you can get up to five years in prison. And if you leave uh, quarantine... You can get up to eight years in prison. Now, some of these things, obviously leaving quarantine, not a good idea. I think here so far, at least at the federal level, we've seen a restraint from authorities to try to push down these sort of onerous regulations on people uh, with, you know, at least as far as backing it with legal force. States and and localities have not been so generous with that. A lot of force being used there. Uh, Not a positive thing. Um, I will say if you're in that sort of elite circle, that works out well for you. You get to kind of do whatever you want. There's a new thing going on now. Uh, this is in California where they are having new escape communities. Now, this is an interesting thing. If you, there's a, the, one of the New York Times uh, columnists who um, who writes about health uh, wrote an interesting piece or uh, I think it was a video, actually. Um, now that I think about it, but it was a p- video where he was talking about um, maybe it's OK For if you have your family and there's another family that you have, maybe there's, you know, you have kids or whatever, uh, and they're both uh, friends and you're friends with them. Maybe you can kind of like have one family in which you kind of can still mingle with. Right. As long as they're not mingling with other families and you're not mingling with other families, it's almost like you're kind of like in the same family, a larger family. Right. This is kind of the concept here. What they're going to do is they are going to take 33 guests and make sure that they're all covid-19 free. And then move them all to a luxury resort where they can all kind of hang out together and uh, and they could do all sorts of stuff. Don't not worry about the infection because they're already tested. I don't know if it's a good idea. I will say once you get into that house with 33 people that you don't know um, and some of them suck, you're going to be you're going to be rethinking that one pretty fast. But probably better than being in your house with the three people you live with and you don't like them either. Um, I mean, it's just a matter of imagine if you're like pitching that to your wife. Look, I just want to I think just me and you kind of hanging out. Not really enough for me. Want to go to the swinger community? I mean, the, uh, the the escape community. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, also, let's go to uh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci talking about uh, some dire predictions as to what may be coming with COVID-19. And whenever the model has come in, they give a worst case scenario and a best case scenario. Generally,
1: the reality is somewhere in the middle. I've never seen a model of the diseases
0: that I've dealt with, which the worst case scenario actually came out. They always overshoot, so when you use numbers like a million, a million and a half, two million, that almost certainly is off the chart. All right, so now, we can imp- this. He went on to say there's one or 200,000, but they, listen to the way he's setting that up. He's obviously noting that there's a big uh, issue there uh, with the high projections being the one that get, get all the attention. It could be a lot lower than that. I will say this though, would you rather get COVID-19 or get a COVID-19 test. Look at the diagram of how this test works. I cannot believe this is real. This is uh, basically them jamming a freaking Q-tip to the back of your skull. Look at this. I, I, I would say I would tweet it for you if you're listening on audio so you can see the picture. No, I don't, wanna, I, don't, I, I don't want you to have to see it. It's basically back to your ear. Forget it. I'd rather have the disease, I think, than get the test. Jeez, we've, we put a million people through that? Gosh, these rapid tests can't come fast enough. Back in a second. So I had a fully produced segment prepped and ready to go, but Jeffy won't stop dialing our Skype line. So fine. Without further ado, it is the host of Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's Jeff Fisher.
1: How's it going, Jeff? Hello. Hello. I finally got through. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate
0: it. I I miss you. I miss seeing you around here. Um, That's so nice. When they said they said, you know, people who are uh, have uh, pre-existing conditions are most susceptible. I was like, Jeffy has all the pre-existing conditions.
1: This is is exactly why I'm on what day 12 or 13 of the president's quarantine plan.
0: Yeah, this is crazy. I'm in.
1: Oh, I mean, this is heck. This is the end of it. Right. This is his 15 day plan. The yeah. end. So we're I mean, we're, that's it.
0: It's we're bi- free. It's bizarre. I, well, I don't I don't think that's the way this works, first of all, uh, <laughs> okay. but I, I, I I'm shocked at how fast American life has completely changed into something. Sure. And the way that we've sort of all kind of accepted it and we're just like, all right, we're just going to hang out inside for 15 days. No big deal. We sure have. And I don't know how much longer
1: it can go on, really. I mean, how long we how long the good sheep Americans play along Uh, feels like it feels like that if they give us an end date, you know, that end date is what we really need, then we're fine. But without an end date, I don't know how much longer we go.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel at some point.
1: there most certainly doesn't. It feels like already again. I'm. I know. I'm using my feelings, but it feels like the light at the end of the tunnel is either a train coming at us or a mirage. <laughs> I can't figure out which.
0: Yeah, I know. It doesn't. It's. It's a scary time. So, what is? What's first of all? What's life like for Jeffy in quarantine? Because your life kind of is like an. You're kind of in quarantine all the time in some ways. Uh, has life changed bit. at all? I mean, here's the thing. I, I really uh, and this is like I think this is happening to people all across the country is I know when my wife goes, she she goes travel. She'll go travel with the kids to see, my, you know, their grandparents. And You're I know right. when she's gone for like three or four days, my whole like life falls apart in that. Like, I'm just a slob. The house is a mess. I'm yes. eating constantly. This is not giving uh, the American people, a uh, you know, a couple weeks of, of good habits.
1: No, it is not. And that's I mean, time management and scheduling is out the window. Uh, you have to <laughs> rethink that because you think, well, I don't really have to take a shower.
0: I'm not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> uh, whatever. You know, I don't have to. I'm fine. And if you need to take a little break, a little break is a nap and at least two episodes of whatever show you're binging.
0: Oh. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, you already watched pretty much every show that came out <laughs> through every streaming uh, service. I you, know. Now I, you probably have nothing left to watch. Is that accurate?
1: No, no, no. That, that is not accurate <laughs> uh, because uh, CBS All Access has given you a free month. Oh, uh, f- so you've got Picard and you've got uh, interrogation, I think it's called, plus whatever other CBS all access shows there are. That's free. And other apps are giving you uh, free months. So you've got plenty of viewing to do.
0: OK, let me ask you this. Now, this is this is not quar- I mean, it's sort of quarantine related because so many people are sitting around going like I cannot watch. I don't even know what to watch. Have you watched uh, Tiger King yet? Um, No. No. Okay. I
1: no. I, I, it's one of those shows I have to get to, but I spent uh, I spent the last uh, last couple of days just uh, watching Ozark, oh. which was I, need, <laughs> I had to get that done and out of the okay. way. And I so now uh, Tigers next.
0: Yeah, I spent the entire weekend uh, doing the exact same thing um, yes. because Ozark is fantastic, and I've been waiting for this thing to Perfect. start and the fact that it's launching in the middle of a quarantine seems like a sign from heaven that I'm supposed to spend my time watching it.
1: Yes, and I went back and watched uh, the last two or three episodes of season two and the first three, I was going to say, well, I'll watch just the first three of season one, and I end up watching just season one all over again. And uh, so I was ready. I was, I was primed. I was
0: ready to go. It is amazing. I, I, I Thank God. I, I, what would have happened if we didn't have the internet in the middle of this? Like, what would have happened if we had to go home Ooh. and talk to each other for two weeks? Oh, no. We can't have that. No. My wife would have already killed me. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: barely wants me here now. Um, without, without the internet, though, we are doomed. Ooh. I mean, we're, they're already cutting it back, right? We can't watch anything in 8K. We can only watch it in caveman days, way back in 2018 in one or 2K, that's it. I mean, We're barely surviving with that. And if we lose
0: it completely, we're done. I, I will say, looking at us and seeing the problems we're facing and trying to deal with them, <laughs> I, you know, the first world problems thing is a little overdone. Uh, but I do feel like we're facing this. This is not exactly the greatest generation at this moment, is it?
1: No, no, it is not. No, no. I mean, we don't seem to
0: be all that tough.
1: <laughs> oh no, there weren't. There was no bread on the shelf. I've got to go back home and watch my show.
0: Darn it! <laughs>
1: I know. I know. I don't know how, but in, in seriously. I don't know how much longer it goes on without some people saying, "Wait a minute, we can't go anywhere." Mm-hmm. You're telling me I can't leave my city? What? Businesses are closing down, just shutting. The government says shut down, and if you don't shut down, we'll turn your power off. I mean, it—it's not America with that. It just isn't.
0: It, it doesn't feel like it. I, I've never seen anything. I've—I mean, you know, we've been doing this show together for God, thousands of years. <laughs> it <Remember>. feels like. <laughs> And I, we have never experienced anything like this. I mean, we started working together, uh, you know, a few months before 9/11, right? I mean, like we, right. we, we went through all that together. And this is right. nothing. I mean, that was a scary time. It was. I don't want to underplay it. But this is, this is just, I, I mean, it seems like it's totally an unknown thing. You could go on, on you know, you read one source and they say everyone's going to die from this thing. The next source says nobody's going to die and we're just killing the economy for nothing. I, You know, it is really tough to handle. And it's, it's the strangest thing I've ever been through in my entire life.
1: And don't forget, after 9-11, they told us to go shop. Yeah. Get out. Go out. This, they're telling us we can't even leave our home. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure how to deal with it at this point. Um, so you've watched uh, the government response to it. What is your take on Trump's handling of all of this from, you know, from the beginning he was kind of pretty skeptical kinda, and he's really wanted to kind of hardcore a couple of weeks ago now seems to be kind of coming back into the, we need to open things up mode. How do you, how do you rate Trump's performance?
1: I feel like he's really been good. Right? I mean, he's, I think he's handled it uh, as well as, I would expect Donald Trump to handle it. Uh, I think now that he's coming around to wanting to open things up and realizing that America needs to work and have jobs and things need to be open, then all the people that didn't like him before, that liked him at the that liked him when he started closing everything down and that became, when he was becoming the fascist that they said he already was, <laughs> right. now that he's not the fascist anymore, we're back to hating him again. I don't understand.
0: It's that. impossible to keep track of. Somebody uh, said, uh, to me. We, we, do you think Trump has handled this better or worse than any other president would have? And I said, first of all, Millard Fillmore would have nailed this crisis, okay? <laughs> Don't even talk to me about that. Uh, but, you know, you, you're looking at it and it's like, well... I, I feel like a lot of the people who are really skeptical of of the dis, you know, the disease really turning into this you know big deal are the people who are kind of giving Trump a pass on closing everything down. And the people who are saying it's going to be this terrible, terrible thing are the people criticizing for Trump for closing everything down or at least recommending to do so. I, the politics of it, I can't even keep track of.
1: No, you can't. Day to day it changes and one minute we're hating him for calling it uh, something from Chinese, uh, from the China, from oh we can't we can't call it China. We can't call it Chinese. OK, so we have to call it just COVID-19. And then the next day we're thanking him for uh, telling General Motors that they have to make ventilators. I, I really it doesn't make any sense.
0: It, it really doesn't. Um, what because, uh, you know, on Chewing the Fat, you tend to uh, highlight some of the more absurd moments uh, in our world, I mean what have you seen as you've gone through this? that's really uh, that's really caught your attention. Is it just the drinking the fish tank cleaner? what What else have you seen?
1: The fish tank cleaner was pretty incredible. We had uh, you know, I would be on the lookout. People need to be aware that uh, because of the social distancing and staying in their homes, animals are starting to take over the streets. <laughs> uh, there's are they there's mount, there's mountain lions and coyotes being coming into the cities because people aren't out and they are hungry and they're wondering what's going on. So I would be careful. People in New York are adopting more dogs than ever. The shelters are, are out of dogs. So when this is over, there's going to be a of roving dogs in new york because people are just (laughs) going to kick them to the streets so be careful i'm just be on the alert
0: ah it's very true Uh, you can always uh, find all the warnings uh, about how many dogs there are available in any city at any time of (laughs) course from chewing (laughs) the fat with jeff fisher jeffy it's good to see you man Uh, hopefully i I get to see you in person at some point again in my life though as i said Uh, that, that didn't feel right really Yeah. So so, I mean, I almost bought it. So
1: (laughs) you should have just left it there.
0: Seriously. Be well, man. I mean, you've got uh, you've you've had some minor health difficulties Ah. uh, over the years. And uh, I don't want you. You really shouldn't be outside at all. I mean, I feel like almost anything could kill you at this point.
1: (laughs) I wanted to come into the studio last week. And my wife is like, no, you're not leaving. (laughs) No, not yet. I mean, we're still in the we're still in the window. We don't want to get out there.
0: I will say I would have thought she had the opposite response. Uh, but, Me uh, too. <laughs> the
1: kids go. Let them go. Let, let them go. go.
0: <laughs> Jeffy, thanks so much for coming on the show. See you, man. All Good right, to see you. back in a you. second. <laughs> <music> BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. Get 30 bucks off right now. It's a special quarantine deal just for you and anyone else who types in the same web address. We'll see you tomorrow.